today is introduce you to Mr. Ben Thompson. So why don't you guys stand and give us a, give a hand to Mr. Ben Thompson. Morning. So when uh, I'm about to read off my paper, if not, I'll lose my spot real quick. Uh, when Pastor Clint first asked me to do this, I had the same reaction that I'm sure most people in here and most people that have done it would have, and that was a pure panic. I had no idea what I was going to talk about or even where to begin. Unlike most of the people who have given their testimony or who will give one today, I haven't been through a terrible situation or a trial or anything that I would consider would make a, for a good testimony. Um, so I prayed on it, and I prayed on it for days. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, surely I cannot be the only one in here, the only one watching, the only one in the world that, that, that doesn't have a testimony like that. So I said, that's it. That's my testimony. Uh, God has blessed me with a wonderful family, a blessed life, and blessed, and blessed me with gifts that I can never repay him. And I've never taken that for granted or nor forgotten that he has blessed me. You know, you don't have to have a world-changing event to be a testimony for God's grace or his blessings. You know, I've, I've heard people tell me and hurt, and I'm guilty of saying it too, you know, of, you know, it must be nice, or, man, you sure got lucky with that. And to that, I use the reply, no, it's, it is nice, nor am I lucky, I'm blessed. And I've never lost sight or I never lose faith in the one that gave me those blessings, and they can be yours as well. All you must do is follow the Lord, follow his word, and you will be blessed too without having to go through something traumatic, something horrible in your life. So, you know, and it's not to say that things won't get tough, that there won't be bumps in the road, but, you know, you'll make it through it. Just don't lose sight of, you know, who gave it to you and who blessed you in this. So I'm obviously not going to use all of my five minutes, but, you know, in closing, the life you live and what you do with the blessings you've been given is your testimony. Let people see that the faith is faith that is what gives you your blessings. And when it starts getting tough and your faith is tested, remember what the Bible says. You can put that verse up now. In Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. And does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So in closing, just never lose faith. Remember who gave you your blessings, and thank him for it daily. Thank you. All right. I told him when we started, I was like, you drew the short straw, buddy. You get to go first. <laughs> and he had that same blank look, like, what? Um, okay, our next one is another one I'm excited about. Um, even not so much so as just the person that's coming, but all the, the people that she represents and the family she represents. Um, people I've known for 20 years, really just about the whole time we've been in Sylvania. And I've just watched God um, just knit relationships together outside of church and then begin to 
bring a family and then watch this family affect other families and those families bring in other families. And uh, it's just been really, really cool to watch. So we're going to stand up and cheer again. If you would, help me welcome Miss Lauren Milton. Okay, so apparently Ben and me, we got together and talked about the whole first paragraph, okay? Um, so I do have my phone that I'm going to have kind of my bullets to, but first off, y'all are not four-year-olds. So it's a little different up here. Um, like Ben said, when Clint said, hey, Lauren, I want you to do five for five, I was like, oh, I don't think so. Uh, not for me. Um, I can talk to anybody about anything, but when he said that, I was like, I don't have anything that anybody wants to hear. I don't have anything to talk about to share with you guys that y'all are going to want to listen to, that you're going to take anything from. So he said, just pray. Lauren, just pray. And I was like, okay, Clint, I'll pray. I don't know what he's going to say, but I'm going to pray. Well, when I got to thinking, it was kind of, um, we have a four-month-old. I'm exhausted. We've been going through, like, in my head, I was just like, I don't have anything to say about it. But it really made me look inward and see my blessings. So that's what I'm talking about today. Um, 11 years ago, my mom and dad decided to buy a daycare. Ooh, yeah. We were a t-shirt business. We did that. That's what we did. Um, we decided to go out on a limb. I just graduated Georgia Southern, and I did not like little kids. I was going to teach fifth graders. That was my goal. That was my jam. I didn't want to white noses. So we talked about it, and we really, really, Charlie and I talked about it a lot. But what we ended up deciding was we'd give it a go. I was going to have a baby. I could have my baby right there with me. I could see him all the time. I didn't have to trust anybody else to do what I wanted to do because I wanted to be a mama. But I knew I wanted to teach too. So this gave me the opportunity to do both things. So, of course, my phone went off, guys. Um, we decided we would give it a go. We would see where it went. Um, long story short, I hated it. I didn't think I was going to make it through the year. I was like, mm, nope. This is not what I learned about at Georgia Southern. This is not what they showed me. I don't want to do this. We kept on, kept on. I was like, okay, I can do this for four years. My baby will be going to the big school in four years. I can do it. It's not a problem. We can do this. So we go on. Well, I met my people there, guys. I met my circle. Um, these people have just been there through it all. Um, if you'll put the first verse up, please. Carry each other's burdens, and in that way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And that's Galatians 6, 2. This group has seen me through the ups and downs, the births of children, death of loved ones, and everything in between. They have laughed with me until we cried, and we've cried until we laughed. We've been there for it all, and I'm so thankful for this group. So that leads me to the next thing. We had our group of people. Now we really, really needed to find a church. Um, a little over a year ago, we decided to give Clint and Believers a try. We'd been looking for a church for a while, just someplace. Ooh, I got to talk faster. Ooh. Um, someplace to call home. Um, we lost my father-in-law in April of 21, and we asked Clint to preach at the service. Um, he did. He came, and we decided that next Sunday that we were going to give it a go. When we walked in, guys, I knew I was home. We walked into smiling faces, lots of welcoming, beautiful worship, and a message that I just needed to hear that day. I stood there during the last worship song with tears streaming down my face, and suddenly I knew exactly the love that my grandma felt for her church years ago and why she never missed a Sunday, why she always made a point to check on her people and love them with her entire heart. 
I felt a change in me that day that I still cannot explain other than God saying, welcome back, my child. This is my real story. After we came to here that once, there was never a second thought. We were welcomed with open arms and open hearts, and we've enjoyed grow, getting into grow groups to find our people. We can call them the good, the bad, the ugly. They've loved, um, we have loved being able to serve when possible and show our children that a serving heart is a happy one. I've watched my family grow in their faith. I've listened to our children sing songs that they've learned in kids' church when they don't even know I'm listening. They share his word with children their own age. Y'all, that's huge in this day. Um, we've had real, meaningful, like questions I couldn't answer, conversations about the Bible and the world that we live in now. I've seen anxiety all but go away in my little boy after he prayed about it and believed that God would take it from him if he just asked. Um, the next verse, please. Start children off in a way that they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. That's Proverbs 22.6, and this one's been big for me. I've watched my husband grow in his faith and become more sure of himself in the leadership of our family. I've seen him stop and truly turn to the Lord for guidance in a way that didn't happen before. Um, next verse. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which is the Savior. And that's Ephesians 5.23. I felt what I thought was a rock-solid relationship between us become more strong just by adding the Lord into it. I've seen friends go through some really, really hard times in their relationships and come out stronger because God was there. I've learned to pray for others first, and I mean really pray for them. I've learned to try to love everybody. I'm a work in progress, but it's progressing. I'm getting there. I've had the blessings of watching my husband publicly announce his love for the Lord. Then my older children followed suit. We've stood up here in front of you guys and dedicated our baby girl, promising to raise her in the, word, in the way of his word. I've rededicated my life to the Lord and his service and had one of my best friends stand here with me and profess publicly that he is who he says he is and he will never leave us. I've been blessed to watch our family and our tribe take one step and become closer than ever. I've been blessed to add people into the mix that I know are praying for us without question. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing to know that no matter what phase of life we're in, that we have the love and support that we found in this church. And I only went 40 seconds over. <laughs> Good job. It's okay, Lauren. Ben donated two minutes to your time. <laughs> so so we're, we're still on time. Um, I'll make sure I got the right one. I didn't. All right, there we go. Take that out of Ben's time, too. All right, the next... Yeah, I just want to make sure I got it right. Um, the next guy, I actually, I actually had him in mind for almost a year since the end of last year. And I tell you, I don't know what he's going to share, but it's somebody that's always happy and encouraging. You ever meet those people? Yeah, they annoy the mess out of you, don't they? <laughs> but he, he is one. He's always smiling. He's always encouraging, and uh, if you would, again, we're going to stand and would you get a big hand and a big round of applause for Mr. Mark Siebert. Good morning. Uh, I also took some notes. Uh, see if I can stick to them. Uh, so my name is Mark, and uh, my wife and daughters, uh, we moved down here um, a few years ago. We grew up in Illinois, um, 
I worked really hard uh, at my job to uh, take a promotion in Nevada, moved my family out there, uh, spent a couple years out there, uh, again, working hard the whole time, and, and uh, ended up with another opportunity for another promotion, uh, which I took, and moved my family all the way across the country again. Uh, moved them down here to Sylvania. Uh, that's when we, uh, you know, we leaned in. We, we, we tried our best to just root in to the community the best we could. We, you know, we went to uh, Clinton Melanie's first stop and their second stop. And uh, we joined, found a girl group or two and, and joined them. And, and we met friends. And, um, you know, we were loving life. We really, really enjoyed and still enjoy uh, this, this place. Um, if you want to pull up the, the verse, that's where uh, some troubles and trials and hardship enter. Uh, because I got a phone call after coming back from vacation on a Sunday night um, and found out that I lost my job. I lost what I came down here for. And I, I don't know if I can is, just begin to express how much this rocked my world and turned my mind upside down. Um, I went through a season of, of sorrow and suffering and self-criticism, you know, and all the, the what-ifs and should-ofs and could-ofs uh, ran through my mind. You know, doubt crept in, anger. I was flooded with emotions. I was scared. Um, you know, fear of how long these troubles are going to last. Um, you know, there was, there was stress of uh, how am I going to provide for my family? <clears throat> you know, I got, <laughs> at this point, I got extended family moving across the country to come down here and, enjoy, and join us. Uh, so let me, let me say there was some stress. All right. Uh, <sighs> with my line of work that, that I'm in, uh, it's not easy to just find another job. Uh, it's very specific. I work in the solar industry, and I had worked really hard to get myself to a point, and it was not easy to replace that job. Um, there's not that many of them across the country. Um, and, you know, one of the other things I was scared about was possibly needing to relocate my family again. And let me tell you, that did not feel good. Um, so what did I do? Um, I leaned in more. And I leaned on my faith in God, and I, and I trusted God. And, and I knew that everything was going to be okay. But the problem is I didn't know how long I was going to have to incur and endure and persevere because, I mean, I, I, listen, I got some patience, but <laughs> it gets pretty scary. Uh, so I submitted resumes every day. I mean, just multiple resumes every day, and I did this for like six weeks straight. And I, and I reached out to... to coworkers, you know, other people that I know that can possibly help me. I reached out to my friends and my church family, and thank you all for, for all of that. Uh, I stayed the course. You know, I tried to be patient. Um, I had a few interviews that didn't pan out, uh, thank God. Uh, and then one day, I, I don't know, I was just laying in bed, you know, probably taking a nap. I mean, let's be honest here, I'm unemployed for about 12 weeks now. And, uh, and I had a feeling um, on my heart. It just came over me to call a different professional contact that I had in a different sector of the industry. Uh, he told me they had an immediate opening. 
and before the week was over, they hired me. Um, you know, praise God, praise Jesus, absolutely. You know, it took another week to iron out all the formalities and whatever, but I started with, so all right, here, you know, praise Jesus. I landed a new job, right? Well, now I get to see with hindsight that my old job was not good for me. Um, you know, I was pouring myself into this job, and, I, and there, was, there, was, there was nothing left of me for, for my relationship with God. There was nothing left of me for my family and my friends and my community and my church. I was working for... I wasn't working for God, is what I wasn't doing. I didn't see that. I didn't realize that. I thought I was doing the best I could. I'm just going to keep it in the fairway. And then hardship came and enters James 1, 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble, not if, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So that's the way I can look at it now is because now I'm happier. I'm, I'm, I just I thoroughly enjoy what I do. Uh, there's less stress. There's more time for God, my family, my friends, my life. You know, my work-life balance was restored. Uh, you know, the, this hardship, these, this specific, uh, you know, quote-unquote, troubles of any kind, they, they brought me great joy, uh, just like James said that, that they would. It was hard in the moment to realize the troubles were embedded with blessings. It's hard to see that, but they're, they're, they're there, you know. Um, James gives us an example of that. Um, I mean, if, if you need more evidence, you know, Peter in his first letter in, in uh, chapter 1, six through, verses 6 through 9, he says basically the same thing. Paul says it to the Romans in his letter, uh, chapter 5, 3 through 5. The author of Hebrews, whoever that was, chapter 10, verses 32 and 35. Go read them. They all say the same thing. Everybody, all our forefathers keep saying the same thing over and over. You're going to have trouble. Well, it's going to strengthen your faith. It's going to strengthen your perseverance. It's the sorrow and the suffering and the hardship. It, it's going to lead to joy because of our faith and what Jesus did for us. I mean, it, I'm already over my time, but um, I just want to point out one more thing, and, and I see this with hindsight now, is that I've spent my whole life trying to, trying to protect my kids from hardship. But I'm inadvertently robbing them of growing and, and, and becoming better and stronger from the hardship. And so, I mean, I, I'm able to see things more clearly now. I'm able to uh, enjoy again. And uh, I, I just want to thank Clinton and uh, thank you for, for this opportunity to get up here. Thank you for the invite. And uh, look, I only went about two minutes over, so <laughs> God bless. Good job. All right, the next one, I chose this particular, particular young lady um, because I heard, and I don't know what she's going to share, she's going to share a story, but uh, I'll tell you the phrase that I overheard, and um, you just have to be careful because if I'm walking through and y'all are talking before and after service, I do eavesdrop, um, <laughs> and uh, I don't think she knew I was listening, but I heard this individual say this. You know, I figure no matter what life throws at me, I need to have joy. I need to be happy. So I'm going skydiving. And I was like, I need her to share. <laughs> so if you will, if you'll stay one more time and give a warm welcome to Miss Susan Kelly.
I'm a little bit nervous. I don't like speaking in front of people, but in February, I lost my husband to COVID. During the journey in the hospital, God gave me the verse of um, Isaiah 40, 31, that we will mount up with wings as eagles. We will walk and not faint. We'll run and not be weary. And through all of this, that has been me. I've decided when my husband passed away, I had a choice. I could either bury myself in grief or I could pick up my big girl pants and move on and be happy. I decided to just live life to the fullest because I now know that life is short. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed your next breath. So there's a couple of things I'd wanted to do my whole life. Skydiving was one of them and going to a Bon Jovi concert was the other. <laughs> so in April, I went to a Bon Jovi concert. The beginning of June, I went skydiving. One of the most wonderful experience of my life. I'm going again in September. This is going to be short because I am so nervous, but just you got to live life to the fullest because you are not guaranteed your next breath. Do what makes you happy. You know, as long as it, you know, lines up with the Bible. And just know that God is, he's there. He has been my rock through all of this. And I did not give Clint this verse, but Nehemiah 8.10, it says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. That is what has brought me through this horrible situation I was in earlier this year. I never thought when 2022 came in I would lose my husband. This past week was our 31st anniversary. So, you know, just, just live life and love. Let your loved ones know every day that you love them because you may not get another chance. All right. I really wish I could articulate the um, the spiritual journey and the mental journey of standing back there and eavesdropping <laughs> the Susan's conversation and hear her say, I'm going to be happy. I'm going skydiving. You know, after I got over, over the initial, she's going to do what? Um, I, I really do. And I, I really hope you'll take what she said to, to heart that, as Mark said, and we see this trend lining up, um, that you can choose joy. And I've often taught, I don't think joy is something you just go get. Joy is often something you have to choose. And uh, her story just completely kind of made me step back and blessed uh, that somebody was going through what she went through, and we were close and kind of watching as her husband got sick. And um, so I knew where she was in life, and then to hear her say that, just completely blew me away. And so that was, that was awesome. Great job, Susan. Now, the next one, <clears throat> and number five, um, is another story. And again, I don't know what, this, what she's going to share, but it's another story to me um, that uh, I've been able to be a little bit a part of to walk through with her and to see God do supernatural things. And again, in the midst of just kind of life insanity and things not working out the way that anybody would want. So if you would, 
get ready for a good one. If you'll stand with me one more time and welcome Miss Rachel Williams to the stage. Goodness. Um, my two biggest prayers for today was one, that um, I would be obedient in delivering the message that God would want you to hear, and two, um, that I wouldn't trip and fall on the way up here. So we're, um, we're halfway there. Um, I struggled with condensing this enough to be five minutes, but I'm telling you it's going to go over. Um, apologize. I have, I have a lot. Um, but for the part of my story that I'm living out today to really make sense, I've got to back up. I've got to start several years ago. Um, I was coming out of a marriage that had completely broken me. Um, I'd been going faithfully to Bible study. I'd been praying fervently, and I was filled with bitterness and anger. I questioned God. I was angry at God. I just didn't understand why the prayers that I had been praying for my marriage were going unanswered. Um, I became hard, and I was determined to never depend on anyone or need anyone ever again. Um, I graduated from Georgia Southern. I got a teaching job. I found a cute little house on Main Street, and um, I was doing it on my own. Then enter stage right, Coach Williams. <clears throat> I think it's important to stop here and note, um, I had told my friends that the next person I got really serious with was gonna be ugly, like burn your eyes ugly. And so I was very quick to tell Matt that I'm sorry, but you don't meet, you don't meet those qualifications. Um, but I was very honest with him in the beginning. I said, you don't, you don't want me. I'm a mess, um, a broken mess, and my insecurities are gonna chase you away. Um, there's a very fine line between persistence and hard-headed, and Matt Williams dances all over that line every day. Um, he never gave up on me, even when I wanted to give up on myself. Um, some of his qualities God knew I would need in the future. This man is a coach by nature. Failure is not an option. Giving up is not an option. He has never once looked at me like he feels sorry for me. He's never had sympathy for me. Um, but with the determination that is contagious, he's my own personal hype man. Things were starting to look up, and um, some of the walls that I'd built up were starting to come down, but I still didn't need anybody. I've got this. Fast forward to April of 2020, I sat in the middle of my bathroom floor holding a positive pregnancy test and sobbing. Um, I questioned God again. I said, Lord, there are plenty of people in this world who are in healthy marriages, who are in good shape financially, who are begging for a baby and can't have one. And here I am, still a mess, not married. I can barely make ends meet every month, and you're going to give me one. Like, this really is not a good idea. This, doesn't, this does not work for my time. Um, I sat right back there with Melanie crying. How am I supposed to tell my girls? They're at such an impressionable age. Um, I'm trying to teach them how to live in a way that is pleasing to the Lord, and here I am, not married and pregnant. Um, how am I supposed to tell my family, my friends, the church? I felt like I was repeatedly letting everyone down that meant the most to me. The months that would follow were some of the darkest times in my life. I felt like things were never going to be okay again. I was lost. We were in the middle of a shutdown with the pandemic. I lost my Nana to COVID. It was weeks before I could tell Matt about the pregnancy and, and months before I could tell anyone else. 
Um, the ironic thing about this situation is that while I was living out some of my darkest days, the absolute light of our lives was growing inside of me. <clears throat> the day the nurse laid that little boy in my arms, I felt ashamed for being so upset. How could I have regretted a single moment that led me to this little boy? Even though the situation was not ideal, God still uses the ones that mess up, the ones that don't have it all together. Carter is so, so loved and so complete, completely spoiled rotten. The following June, Matt and I had the perfect little wedding in a perfect little chapel with immediate family. Um, the day was sweet and everything I hoped it would be. Things were good, but even at this point, I was still determined to not need anyone. I've still got this. Around Carter's first birthday, I got the call that no one wants to receive. I have cancer. By the time I was diagnosed, the cancer had already spread to my liver and my bones. The pain that I was experiencing in my shoulders and back was unbearable at times. I remember driving home that night and having to pull over because the tears were blurring my vision. Matthew 11:28. I don't know if I got these in the right order, says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It was at that time that I cried out to God. I said, Okay, I don't got this. I can't do this on my own anymore. I never actually could. I physically and mentally don't got this. I told him that day that I'm giving it all to you. Please just take it all. I'm not strong enough for this. That night on the side of the road, a weight was immediately lifted off of me. I felt lighter. I felt at peace. From that moment on, God has shown up again and again in ways that are undeniable. When thinking of a theme for my story, um, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also said eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. We never see the full picture the way that God does. We only see one speck of the big picture. And sometimes we think that we know better, even when it's hard. We've got to trust his timing. As Matt and I sat around a table with my oncologist discussing treatment plans, my, um, my doctor informed me that the chemo is going to shut my ovaries down and I would never be able to have children again. I almost laughed at such an inappropriate time, but how great is my God? If Matt and I had waited until we were ready to have children, if we had done things on our time frame, that sweet and perfect little boy would never be. God meant that that little boy was going to be in this world, and he has great plans for him. That first marriage that failed, those prayers that I prayed for years that were never answered in my time, after our divorce, that man got saved. He met and married one of the most beautiful souls that I'm blessed to call my friend. She prays for me. She always seems to know exactly what I, when I need words of encouragement, and I could not have handpicked a more perfect bonus mother for our girls. My prayers for him were answered, but in God's time. Although divorce is never part of his plan, in the face of our own decisions, he makes all things good for those who love him. Another point that I want to make is that we were never meant to do this thing called life alone. My first bit of advice for you is get involved in a small group. This picture, this picture is a visual representation of what a church is meant to be. Over half of this circle holding me up that night and at this time in my life is because we began holding each other up right back there in a small group. God never wanted, you can't do it all by yourself. God never wanted it that way. Sometimes when hard times come our way, he wants us to lean into him, lean into his truth and his word. He's got this. 
One of the biggest things that I have struggled with is feeling like I wasn't enough, worrying that I'd never be enough, but, that I've, but I've come to realize that I'm not. I'm not enough. I'll never be enough on my own, but with him, we've got this, and I'm going to be okay. Do I still struggle? Every day. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Is my marriage perfect? No. Are my children perfect? Close, but still no. But I know the one who is. I'm learning to lean on him and giving it all to him. In a way, you could say that cancer has saved my life. It has brought me back to the one who is, who is eternal life. It has taught me lessons in humility, gratitude, and given me a newfound belief in miracles. It has provided me with friendships that I treasure and would not have had otherwise. I could speak a great deal about how God has turned something as ugly as cancer into something beautiful. But I want to end, sorry, I told you I was going over, by saying that the next time you see me on the stage, I'll be sharing the story of how God healed my body completely. I've got a long way to go. I've got a long way to go, but I will be healed. I'm accepting nothing else in his name and in his time. With him, this community, this church, my family, and my friends, we've got this.